Let's continue on in our current uh, new series for this year, Jesus is the Answer. And our scripture text for today can be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 to 17. The truth behind the dispute. In the first four chapters of 1 Corinthians, it was how uh, Paul, it, it uh, records there how Paul solved the first major problem that the church in Corinth was encountering. That was their problem of division. Church formed cliques and different factions. So it was a problem of church unity. And that problem exists until today. It's a problem that is prevalent in all the churches in all this uh, in the whole world. Today, and in fact, in reality, a lot of new churches comes uh, came out. And it came from divisions of church. If you do research on this. It's really rare if you truly see a church that plants another church. Those new churches came out because of divisions or, or because of split in other churches. That's the same for uh, that's the same and it's true for all the different churches in this world. That's how 70% of the churches in this world came out. You cannot say that this is the will of God. No, it's not the will of God. This is not the will of God. It's truly because of God's grace and mercy. That's why the church is preserved until today. So may the Lord help us. But we will do all we can to maintain the unity of the church. When Paul was trying to settle the dispute in the church. Paul did not preach the message of loving each other. Nor did he say that you have to forgive each other. They, they, they did not, uh, he did not ask the church to, to attend a congress or a conference on church unity. Because these are useless. As all of us really know. You know what Paul did? Paul brought the church back to Christ and the cross. This is one of the major reasons why the church uh, is having this dispute. Because we have completely misunderstood what uh, Christ is all about and the cross. Look at when you consult with a doctor because you have a fever. And the doctor will prescribe a medicine for you. So if you have a cold, oh, okay, I'll prescribe this um, medicine for the cold. This is not a good doctor. Of course, there are doctors who do that. But a really good doctor will find the cause why you are having this fever or why you are having this cold. 
This is you find the you find the root cause of the things. The same. The same way. You need to know what is the reason behind the divisions in the church. Today, let's look at the text for this. Morning, so that we'll understand. And what are often the reasons why there are divisions and problems in the church? From verses 10 to 17, we can divide it into two parts. From verses 10 to 12, we talked about the situation in the church's dispute. While in verses 13 to 17, we talk about the truth behind these disputes. First, let's look at the first part. Let's look at the situation, the true situation of the church dispute. Look at verses 10 to 12. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there will be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers and sisters, some, of, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this, one of you says, I follow Paul, another, I follow Apollos, another, I follow Cephas, Still another, I follow Christ. Look at verse 10. This is the main theme or the, the focal point of these uh, whole, uh, verses. This is a sandwich structure for this verse. We will talk, you will agree with one another in what you say. You'll be united in mind and in thought. But in the, in the middle, there, he added one more thing. There will be no divisions among you. To agree with one another in what you say and to be united in mind and thought means the same thing. But what is most important here is what Paul said in the middle. No divisions among no divisions. This is the main point that Paul was trying to put and to push here. Division means to tear or to split. It describes uh, the starting of a tear in a, in a piece of cloth. Imagine. Just imagine. If you have this shirt, when there's this hole, if you don't bend it at, at once, this torn part or this hole will just grow bigger and bigger. And you will no longer be able to wear that dress or that shirt. That is the same for the problems in the church. When there's a problem that arises in the church, if we do not deal with it immediately, the problem will grow bigger and bigger. I would like to share something. This is my own personal experience and I hope we can all learn from it. When we try to solve a problem in a church, we can solve it uh, deliberately and slowly. When there's a difference in opinion, let's talk about, let's sit down and discuss about it. When we solve disputes among co-workers, 
whether it's the uh, pastor, elder, deacons, or, or whatever leaders in the church, we cannot delay in solving that We need to immediately settle whatever disputes that's, that's there. You know why? You know why? I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say this. Because we have sinful natures. We are very sinful. sinful people. We are not godly people. We are in fact sinful people. This, there's a problem with this person. If you don't settle it, this person would find uh, will find groups to form a faction. Because he wants people to sympathize and to support him. That's how church division starts. So may the Lord help us. When there's interpersonal problems, we cannot delay. We have to settle it immediately. So after the church splits, you have to wait at least five years. Because during that five years, the church will no longer progress. I guarantee you, I guarantee you for that five years, there will be no progress in that church. You know why? Because you'll be spending all your energy, all your effort, all your focus on internal healing. That's why Paul said, There should be no divisions among you. You have to be united in both mind and in, in your heart. This word united is very meaningful. In the original Greek uh, 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 text, it's to be restored into the original situation. Let's go back to the past and restore it to what was original. In uh, living in unity. What were the disputes that were present in, in the church in Corinth? Because there were people who, uh, who really idolized the different church leaders, that's where disputes and division came about. That's why they, they had different factions. Just like the situation, a bit, uh, it's similar a bit to the situation in Taiwan today. In Taiwan, we have this uh, KMT or Kuomintang and this uh, Democratic Progressive Party. And in China, there's also a different, US, uh, in the US rather, there's this Democratic Party and the Republican Party. It's not a problem when you have differences in opinion. Your church. You have to begin to know how to accept differences in opinion. Accept the opinions of others. But the main problem here is when we when we start factions and we form cliques. In Taiwan, whatever uh, whatever was uh, was suggested or proposed by the KMT will be opposed by the Democratic Progressive. It's the same for the opposite. Whatever was proposed by the KMT will be uh, will be objected by by those who are in the Democratic Party and in the past few years, the same problem is prevalent in the United States. Whatever those uh, what was proposed by the Republican Party will be opposed by the Democratic Party and vice versa. And that is what is frightening. 
And that is there is a bigger problem in the church in Corinth. There were not only two divisions. There were four divisions. There were those who say, I follow Paul. There were those who say, I follow Apollos. And others who follow Cephas. And others who follow Christ. Just imagine. You have four factions inside a church. Those who follow Paul, those are, those are Paul's followers. I belong to Paul. Even though Paul was a Jew, but he was a disciple, he was an apostle for the Gentiles. So those who say we are Paul's followers, the majority of them are Gentile believers. Who was Paul? Paul was an apostle. And Paul spoke to the Lord and met with the Lord on his path on his road to Damascus. And he, he saw Jesus Christ. Paul was uh, uh, the author for a majority of the books found in the New Testament. And among the 27 books in the New Testament, 13 of them were written by Paul. And Paul was probably the most well-known uh, evangelist or preacher in the Old, uh, New Testament. And he went on three major mission trips. And from the Middle East, he brought the gospel to Rome. And he established multiple churches. And Paul was highly educated. Paul was a very charismatic person. So a lot of people followed Paul. Especially the Gentile believers. Put it in today's terms. These are fans of Paul. This was the first faction. The second was the, those who follow Apollos. Apollos is who was Apollos? Look at Acts 18.24. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. Apollos was a Jew. He was a person who was highly educated, highly learned, and very eloquent. He had the gift of preaching. And that's what the Bible said. He was a person who was highly educated and who was very eloquent. So a majority of those who followed him were the Jews. These were highly educated Jews. Even Paul himself praised Apollos. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God had been, has been making it grow. It was Paul's work and task to plant the seed. While Paul was the one who watered it and who cultivated it for it to grow. So this person has, has uh, he's very good in educating people. He's a teacher. He's a teacher. Preacher. And preacher. To get disciple. 
and a disciple. So there were a lot of people who loved Apollos, who followed Apollos. Those are the those were the fans of Apollo. The third group. The uh, the group who followed Peter. I am the follower of Cephas. Cephas was another name for Peter. Paul, uh, Peter was the disciple, uh, was the apostle for the Jews. He was one of the most important leaders in the early church. He was the elders, uh, the eldest and the elder among the twelve disciples of Christ. We can say that he was the uh, the the main uh, pastor, the senior pastor of the church in Jerusalem. He was a very traditional and very conservative leader. Those who followed him were mostly traditional Jews who followed the circumcision. And those people who found glory in being circumcised. They were the fans of Peter. And there was a fourth faction. We called, I call these people the spiritual followers. I belong to Christ. There were those people who said this during the time. I don't belong to Paul. I don't follow Apollos. Nor do I follow Peter. I follow Christ. Then you probably would ask me, uh, Reverend Chung, what is wrong with being a Christ follower? All of us are followers of Christ, and what is the problem in saying that I'm a Christ follower? You have to understand the meaning or the context behind this. I belong to Christ. You are not. Christ is mine. You are not part of it. So that's why they call themselves a spiritual uh, faction. All of you are not spiritual. Because you follow people. I refuse to follow people. And I only follow Christ. I am only following Christ and nobody else. And you are not. These are very arrogant and prideful people. You, you, you find it strange when we see the names of churches. Just think about it and you'll, you'll probably laugh. In, China, uh, in Hong Kong, there's a church. It's a church of the true Jesus. You know what this means? In my church, only in my church can you find the true Jesus. In your church, you cannot find it. So after a while, I don't know if why there was a dispute in the church. There was a split in the church. You know what does the name of the church that came out of the church? Church of the truest Jesus. <laughs> Your church is only the true Jesus. Ours is the truest Jesus. And that was truly the problem of the church in Corinth. Because they only look at themselves as the best, as the superior, and others are as inferior. We have to understand one thing. It was not Paul. It was not Apollos. It was not Peter. 
caused divisions in the church. These were these people, these three leaders were not the reasons why, were not the reason why there was a split in the church. But people use the names of these leaders to cause divisions among the church. You have to remember one thing. God will use his servants to establish and to complete his work. There is nothing wrong there. I have this working principle here in our church in CBCP. No minister. No ministry. No minister, no ministry. If there are no ministers, then we will not start a new ministry. A lot of times, we, uh, a lot of the, the, the people here will find it strange. Reverend Chung, let's start this or let's start that. And I often would answer in a very simple term. Would you like to start it? Would you like to start it? And you say there are there are no people looking at the widows or the, or the orphans. Would you like to? And I would ask him, would you like to start it? When you say yes. When you say yes, then you start it. Ah, men, 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 men. And then they'll say no. A lot of people are very eloquent. And they will point out what are the things lacking in the church. When you see it, and I will say, when you see it, would you, be, would you like to do it? Would you like to solve it? If you say yes, then let's start it. No minister, no ministry. Because if there's no minister, there will be no ministry. This is a very clear and important principle that we can find in the Bible given to us by the Lord. Without Moses, the people of the Israel would not have, have the, the exodus from, uh, from Egypt. You know, after Moses was born, he was, when he was 40 years old, and he, when he, was, he tried to save an, uh, a Jew. But during that time, Moses was not ready. He was not prepared. So that's why he was exiled in the wilderness for 40 more years. In these 40 years there, the people of Israel were oppressed and uh, were cruelly treated in Egypt. And they cried out to the Lord, Lord God, help us. And it seems like the Lord turned a deaf ear towards you know them. You know why? Moses because Moses was not ready yet. So without Moses, there was no there will be no exodus. Without Joshua, there will be no entry to the land of Canaan. Use today's terms. Without Rick Warren, there will not be a saddleback church. In the Philippines. Without Peter Tanchi, there will no there will be no CCF. We are not raising or lifting up any, any personality. God is waiting for the proper person, the, the appointed person, to start his work. Without good ministers, God's work will not begin. But those ministers, those servants are very important. We should never worship these leaders. Only Christ is the one that's worthy of our worship. That was the situation there in the church of Corinth. 
Now let's look at the truth behind the church dispute. Look at verse 13. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? Paul asked them three questions. Was Christ divided? No, no, no. Of course the answer is no. Was Paul crucified for you? Of course, no, and no, no. The answer remains no. Were you baptized in the name of Paul? The same, and no, no. The same answer is no. Yes, I know. These three no's. It shows us the three major uh, reasons why there was division in the church. Number one. Number one. Because the, those, who, the, those who were in the church, they regarded the leaders more than Christ. Was Christ divided? Of course, Christ cannot never be divided. The, Christ is, uh, the church is the body of Christ. Can the body be severed from the head? If you sever uh, the head from the body, then the body th that will not be a living uh, being, but will be a dead person. Can we sever the limbs of our body? Of course not. That's why Paul asked them this question. Since we know that the body of Christ cannot be severed, why do you claim to be followers of uh, that you belong to Paul, you belong to Apollos, or you belong to Cephas? Because you forgot one thing. Because you forgot that Paul, Apollos, and Cephas were are all parts of uh, the body of Christ. Paul was the one who planted the seed. He planted the seed of the gospel in the church of Corinth. So after Paul left, Apollos came. Apollos' work was to water it. So that there will be moisture, there will be, it will be watered and nurtured so that the, the gospel seed will grow. To use today's terms, he was, he was the one who started the discipleship work in the church. Peter must have went to the church in Corinth. Maybe he went there for a special training or to become the consultant or, or of the church. Paul said, only Christ is the one that's, that's all, uh, will promote true growth. Because church is the foundation, the only foundation of the church. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 to 11. By the grace God has given me, I lay the foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it, but each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Christ, uh, which is Jesus Christ. There's only one foundation. Jesus Christ is the only foundation. Dear church, the leaders will come and go. No matter how great that leader may be. Moses is already gone. Joshua 
Joshua is gone. The, the major prophets Elijah, Elisha, they're gone. Paul is no longer here. Nor is Apollo. Peter is no longer here also. Throughout history, you will find that there are a lot of great leaders and they are no longer here. But the head of the church remains uh, Christ remains as the head of the church throughout the generations. He will never go, uh, he will never pass. The first problem in the church of Corinth they place more importance in the leaders than the foundation of the church. The very first senior pastor of CBCP, uh, Reverend Ezra Nang, he's no longer with us. He's gone to, uh, to be was with it, the Lord. Was it I am the second senior pastor. One day, I will no longer be here. There will be the third senior pastor. And if it's by God's grace, we will have the fourth and the fifth senior pastor. The, the head of the church church will always remain our Lord Jesus Christ. He will, he will remain as, uh, here etern eternally. Respect and uh, respect and love our church leaders, but only exalt Jesus Christ. The second problem, they regarded the workers more than the cross. Paul asked, Did I, was I crucified for you? We can, uh, we can uh, make it to mean, Did Apollo die for you on the cross? Was Peter crucified for you? Of course not. In case, if, for, for example, if Paul was truly crucified for the church, and Paul and Apollos was crucified for the church, Peter was crucified for the church, let me ask you, are they able to save anyone? No. Of course not. Paul Apollo, Peter was crucified. Paul, Apollos, and Peter, they are all, all sinners. They cannot save themselves. So it's useless for them to be crucified. It's only the crucifixion of Christ that can save us. Why? The answer is very simple. Because Jesus is the only mediator between God and mankind. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. Jesus is the only Son of, of God. He came to this world to become man. He's 100% God. At the same time, he's 100% man. He represented man and came before God. He represented God and came before man. And he fulfilled completely the requirement of righteousness of God. Because God is righteous. A righteous God will, will have 
I will excel uh, true judgment upon the people. 罪的根基就是死, and the wages of sin is death. So, so all the sinners need to die. There should be a shedding of blood for the cleansing of sin. Only then can we fulfill the requirement of God's righteousness. Because of God's mercy and compassion, He wanted to forgive us our sins. So how do we fulfill both requirements of righteousness and his compassion and mercy. You can imagine. Just, you can just imagine. One day, the Father, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, there's this meeting between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The triune God was discussing among themselves how to solve the problem of sin. Suddenly, the second person, uh, or the Son, Jesus Christ, appeared. He said, I, I will come. I am willing to become man. And I'm willing to die for the, uh, for the sins of man on the cross. To fulfill the requirements of both our, our, righteous, our requirement for righteousness and mercy. Well, now you understand why only Jesus can save you and I. Because he's 100% God. And he's also 100% man. On one hand, he can fulfill the requirement of God's righteousness. And on the other hand, he can, com he can completely fulfill the requirement of God's mercy. In Galatians 6.14, Paul said, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, Paul Apollo, Apollos, Peter. We can add other names into the list. CBCV. In CBCP. You can say Reverend Chung. Reverend Genesis Tan. You can put in Reverend Genesis Tan. Reverend Mike Carino. You can put in Reverend Mike Carino. None. We cannot be crucified on a cross for you. Because what we can do for you is quite limited. We cannot be crucified for you. Nor can we save any one of you. Only the death of Jesus Christ on the cross can save each one of us. So may the Lord help us. Inside the church, we need to regard the cross more than the workers. No matter how brilliant and how Responsible the worker may be, he may be the best teacher, the, the, the best teacher, a counselor rather. The best teacher, the best singer. He will or he and she will never save you. Only the crucifixion of Christ on the cross can save each one of us. So may the Lord help us. So when we constructed this discipleship center, we put in a cross. Why? Because inside a church, only the cross can save us. May the Lord help us. We have to place high regard 
more on the cross than on the workers. The third, the, the church in Corinth regarded the sacraments more than the gospel. Look at verses 14 to 17. I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one can say that you were baptized in my name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanas. Beyond that, I don't remember if I, have, I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its, of its power. Paul asked, were you baptized in the name of Paul? Of course not. We are baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We, we are baptized into the body of Christ, which is the church. Why did Paul ask this question? Because there was a problem, another problem in the church in Corinth. They placed much emphasis on baptism rather than the gospel. That's why Paul said that I am sent by the Lord to preach and not to baptize. The church made the things that was less, uh, less important to become more important. There are seven sacraments in the Catholic Church. In the Christian Church, there are only two. It's the baptism and the Holy Communion. Today, we will have our communion. But because of man's wisdom, there are a lot of differences in opinion and conflicts with, with regards to baptism and communion. When we talk about baptism, there are two major uh, types of, of baptism. One is immersion. Immerse the whole person into the in the pool of water. And another is, is by sprinkling. There's no need for us to dip the person into the water. Just for those two, the church will have uh, differences in opinion and conflicts. So That's why those who belong to the Baptist group, they, it's a requirement for them to be baptized by immersion. You know, if you're a preacher or a, 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 a pastor, if you want to work in a Baptist church, and when they found out that you were not baptized by immersion, you would be required to be baptized once more by immersion. If you are, if you are part of the Presbyterian church, uh, they, they would prescribe uh, baptism by sprinkling. Because of these two differences, there will be conflicts in the church. The same with the Holy Communion. There are those type of church. They would like to have communion using just one big uh, wafer, one big bread, and one big cup of uh, wine. They're opposed to these uh, small cups and small uh, piece of bread and yeah. to be distributed. Yeah, reason is very simple. Because when Christ uh, started the, the communion, he used one piece of bread and he used one cup. It, it uh, signifies unity. But probably they forgot one thing. 
during that time, Jesus had only 12 that he had to, uh, to uh, distribute the communion. So, so you can use one bread and one cup. Can you do it for 100 plus people? Let me ask you another question. Next month, if the church started our community with just one big bread and one cup, would you like to be part of it? In the past, in the, the, in the church, gospel assembly, a gospel assembly rather, they would have their communion using, using just one cup. And they notice one thing. A lot of, uh, to, that during that time, everybody sat in front. In the past, nobody want, wanted to sit in the front. But during that day, that particular day, everybody sat in front. You know why? You know why? Because they want to be the first to drink from the cup. It's more healthy and more safe. The second, they would twist the cup a bit to drink. But if you're the number 10, no matter how much you turn of the cup, you would, there's nothing you can do. And the last one, you would have to drink the cup that's been, that's, that has about a saliva of 300 people. Would you like to be part of it? You want me to try this next month? Of course, I'll be the first. I'm the senior pastor. The, the environment, the, the background is different. This should not be the reason why there should be quarrels in the church. And our main, our main task here is to preach the gospel. It's not for baptism. So may the Lord help us. Let's not quarrel over minor things. There are, no, there are no opinions when it comes to preaching the gospel. What is more important? Why is it that the church exists? The church does, does not exist for baptism nor for the communion. May the Lord help us. We have to keep the main thing, the main thing. You know, one time, many, many years ago, I remember that I said to the church, I invited the church to, to recite the Apostle Creed with me. You know what the Apostle Creed is? I believe in God, the creator of, uh, the creator of, uh, of the whole world. The Almighty God, creator the Almighty, of heaven and earth. The cre uh, Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. This is our most foundational belief as a Christian. That's how simple it is. And, and I was not expecting this. After that worship service, there were leaders who were criticizing. And, and they were seeking support from other uh, ministers here in the church. You know what the reason was? The Reverend Chung wanted to, wants to ch turn the church into a Catholic church. When I heard this, I don't know how to respond. Because this is really spiritual ignorance. Here in 
here, when we, when we look at the Apostle Creed, it's our church's 2,000 years of belief and history. This is our true belief. This is, should be the foundation and, and the standard of our church. This is not, not a Catholic thing. This is a tradition given to us by God. But I did not quarrel with that person. And I spoke with the, the deacons why I want to or us to know the Apostle Creed. It's very simple. The more than the, about the 10 plus of you, can you, can you uh, clearly explain this, uh, this whole Apostle Creed to other people? Can you? Can you? If you say that you can, I don't believe you. There's no way that we can explain this clearly. That we can, there's no way that we can completely talk about God unless we use Apostle Creed. But I said, if you agree to, to, uh, to, uh, to dictate it or to say it, then say it. If you don't agree, then you keep silent. Let's not have a dispute because of this thing. A lot of times, we are spiritually ignorant. We think that we are right, but we are in fact wrong. But may the Lord help us. Even though it is like that, don't use these minor points to cause quarrels in the church. Because these are not the main points. Paul said, I was sent here to preach, not to baptize. So may the Lord help us. You know, the church in Corinth is a very gifted church. All of the leaders there were very gifted and very talented. That's why they are also highly educated. That's why they are so full of opinions. That's why divisions and quarrels took place. That's why in verse 17, Paul said something very important. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the gospel, lest the gospel, uh, the cross of Christ, be emptied of its power. This is a very important verse. On the one hand, he concluded everything that was said before this. On the other hand, he started a new theme. He compared man's wisdom with God's infinite wisdom. What is the truth of the cross? This will be my message next week. Paul said, I was sent to preach the gospel, not to baptize. So then they going to keep the main thing, the main thing. That's, that's why I always say, keep the main thing, the main thing. Please, uh, let me ask you. What is the main thing for the church? RCBCP is a discipleship-making discipleship So our main thing is to make disciples. A lot of different ministries, they are not bad ministries, but we will not take uh, we will not consider them. Because we don't have the energy to, to do all these things. 
make disciples. Our main thing is to make disciples. And I like to see transformation in each of our lives. I like to see your family, the whole, all the members of the family, worshiping God and serving God. And I want all the brothers here to become good leaders, to be established leaders in your own household. Lead your family, your household into serving God. Little Lord, help us. Let's not fight over minor things, useless things. Today, after worship, there's a child dedication. There are churches who fight over which type of uh, child dedication or baptism should we do. This should not be a thing for us to quarrel over. There's no problem whether you want to have a, de a dedication or a child baptism. The most focal thing that we have to focus on is Christ and the cross. The, uh, we have to focus on the birth of Christ, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, and the second coming of Christ. May the Lord help us. Keep the main thing, the main thing, the main thing. We need to keep the main thing of our church, the main thing. Let's not fight over other things. We thank the Lord that we are not quarreling I'm really thankful to the Lord for the past 30 plus years we exist as a very peaceful church because I am a person who will not back down when there's misdeed in in my co-workers, I would settle it immediately. Because we have, to, we have to immediately settle whatever problems we have with co-workers. But I know that what are the things that I do. May the Lord help us. What is the truth of the cross? That's the message next week. Next week's message is not a very easy message to preach, but I hope that you'll read this in advance. That you will truly understand what is what, who is Christ and, and the way and the truth of the cross, rather. Let's pray. Dear God and Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your presence in our lives, in our church. Lord, we know we are full of opinions and we are sometimes uh, so full of ourselves that we look highly upon ourselves and look lowly on the opinions of others, Lord. Forgive us for our pride. Forgive us for our arrogance, Lord. Help us to be humble, to accept opinions of others, and to bring our focus back on you, Lord, and the cross. Thank you, Lord, for being the foundation of our church. And help us, Lord, to keep the main thing, truly the main thing, Lord. We worry about things that are useless. We worry about our tomorrows, Lord, but we don't have to worry because... You're already there, Lord. You're already there in tomorrow. That's why we trust you, and we trust you to lead us in the, into our lives, into our future, Lord. May the church uh, look upon this more importantly, look upon you more importantly than the leaders, than the different workers, Lord. And may we truly worship you and, and uh, represent you well in the, in the world for people to see. This is our prayer with thanksgiving in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.